the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, I've seen him do it a million times now, but I can't tell you how he does it, Henry. The right-handed part. I can tell you a whole lot about what he does with his left hand, though. He's a genius with it. You might put that left hand on your elbow. Or up on your bicep, like he's doing now. Very basic move. He's interested in you. He's honored to meet you. But if he gets any higher, if he gets on your shoulder like that, it's not as intimate. It means he'll share a laugh with you or a secret, a light secret, not a real one, but very flattering. If he doesn't know you that well, he wants to share something emotional with you, he'll lock in with a two-hander. Well, you'll see when he shakes hands with you, Henry. Governor! Governor Stanton, this is Henry Burton. Governor, I met your grandfather once when I was a boy. I hitchhiked to Washington to hear him speak. He was a great man. Thank you, sir. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from uh, Primary Colors, which is uh, which was written by Anonymous. I don't remember who they finally figured out wrote it, but it was about the uh, the first uh, Bill Clinton presidential campaign, and uh, the uh, for obvious reasons, if you've seen it, why whoever wrote it was anonymous because they they really uh, really wasn't a flattering. Uh, flattering picture of bill clinton but uh but some some cool stuff about how cool bill clinton is and how he campaigns and what a masterful politician he is and i think you know based on the fact of what's going on uh, with uh joe biden and all the talk of that which we'll talk about here in just a couple minutes i think that's just a good example of uh you know the the political thing and uh you know how people touch and you know and there's you know there's a there's such a uh if anybody, if any of you have met certain politicians and and had a chance to talk to them one on one, even for a few seconds, you know the 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 big successful politicians they have a charisma to them and they have a they have a uh, they have a presence. I remember a, a commentary about uh, someone that was with a group of people in uh, in the Oval Office with George W. Bush and how he had a chance to just talk to George Bush for a second as they were getting ready to leave about something that was going on with someone in his family. And George Bush just, just stopped and said, hey, can I pray with you? And and George Bush just stopped what he was doing and held hands with this guy and you know said a prayer for – I don't remember the details of what was going on with one of his kids or someone in his family that was that was sick – and and just made a comment about the the how real he was and you know bigger than life and uh and I can I can tell you you know I can, I I've, I've met a few you know I re- met Rick Perry uh, governor of Texas at one time and you know I got to talk to him for you know 30 seconds 
and the guy just has just has something you know and and that's it's a uh, it's powerful you know some people you know and you could see the difference when you look at some of the candidates that are running you know Kristen Kirsten Gillibrand she just doesn't have it and some of the some of these people on on you know they just don't have that they, you know they don't have that charisma that's going to bring them into the into the possibility of of becoming president and uh, it's just a uh, you know they're larger than life when you when you meet them and uh but i mean Kirsten Gillibrand sticks out like a sore thumb when when i see her speak i just go what is it that makes her think she has any chance so anyway we're going to talk about the guy who's uh the guy who's who's leading in the polls and hasn't even declared he's the candidate yet. But first, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California, lending everywhere. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night. Toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, but you kind of, I'd kind of like to pick Ed's brain about this. What are my options? But you don't want to talk on the phone because it's a little more personal and you want to ease into this thing. Go to WCCLoans.com, www.WCCLoans.com. Click on uh, looking for a loan. Click on apply now. Put in as much information as you want me to have and tell me how much information you want back. And you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, Randy Johnson. Is there anybody else on my team right now? I don't think so. You'll be one of us. And uh, if you're talking to one of them, you're talking to me. And if you're talking to me, you're talking to them as well. We all work on as a team on all our on all our uh, transactions. So uh, very likely you could talk to me as well. So uh, if you hear something on the radio you want uh, repeated or you want to share it, you can get the podcast on edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Uh, click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. And uh, you can uh, listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can subscribe for free and have it weekly automatically download to your uh, your your iPhone or your iWatch or your iPod or your iPad or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your computer, whatever you listen to podcasts on, and uh, never miss it and don't have to worry about what time I'm playing on the radio. You just hear it whenever it's convenient for you. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I current where I tweet about current events all week long, um, and I'm uh, a little unfiltered there. Um, uh, Facebook, uh, the Facebook page is facebook.com/slash the main event at Hoffman. If you'd like to leave me some comments, good or bad, the listener hotline eight five five six four zero twenty ninety two. And uh, when I get some interesting ones, I might just play them on the. Play them on the radio. Uh, so uh, so be as be as uh, as animated as you'd like. So anyway, uh, let's talk about let's talk about the leading uh, the leading uh, guy in the polls on the Democrat side who hasn't even declared, Mister Creepy jo- Uncle Joe uh, Joe Biden. Years after conservatives started referring to Joe Biden as Creepy Uncle Joe because of his fondness for touching and kissing women and children he barely knows. You know, back in the day, wasn't it? That's what politicians do. Hey, you shake hands and kiss babies. Shake hands and kiss babies. So apparently that's not in style anymore. Um, seven women who felt they were violated by the former vice president spoke up. 
And all, all it took was a bunch of Democrat women running for president to make it happen. You know, is this timing suspicious? I mean, you got all these people running for president. Joe Biden has, has not declared yet, but he's still leading in every single poll out there. And they say he can beat Trump. I doubt that. Um, but the, uh, and I'll, and I'll, you know, point out why at the end of this section, but, um, uh, it seems suspicious as he's getting close to where he's going to need to either announce he's running or he's not running and all this stuff's coming out. Could either be that or they're testing this. Let's get it out on the, on the, on the table before, uh, uh, before he gets in just to, Hey, let's just, let's not worry about when someone's going to dump this on everybody. Let's just deal with it now. So it's, it's behind us. Um, cause most of the stuff, most of this stuff is, uh, oh, uh, nothing burgers. Uh, it's all just uh white noise. It's just, uh, it's just, it's, oh, this thing's overblown, but you know, the Democrats, the Democrats dug their own grave and, uh, you know, they talk a bit, they talk a, a big game on sexual assault when it's Brett Kavanaugh, when it's, uh, Trump or any, any Republican, but when it's, when it's, when it's Biden, now it's, now they're trying to to play it off like it's nothing. Um, and quite frankly, it probably is nothing. It probably is nothing. And, and I'll, I'll give you my opinion as we go through this, but, uh, uh, but so was, so was, Hey, whatever Brett Kavanaugh did couldn't corroborate any of it. And, uh, the stuff that the stuff where, uh, where Trump got caught on a hot mic talking, uh, talking locker room, talk to another guy, you know what? Every guy does it. I told I was talking to my sister one time and I say, Hey, you know what? Every guy does it, including your husband and your son and your rabbi and everybody else. Guys get around guys and they talk like guys. And the only thing worse than that are women. When they get around women and there's no guys around, they talk worse. And so far I have never had a woman deny that. But my wife told me that was the truth, and I usually if Don says it, it's probably true. And uh even if I even if I don't agree with it, sometimes uh it's usually true if she says it. And uh but when I've talked to other women, they say, uh, I won't deny that. I won't deny that. So here's a rundown of the seven women who spoke out about their experiences with Biden. It started a week ago when former Nevada Lieutenant Governor nominee Lucy Flores said she felt embarrassed, shocked, and wanted nothing more than for Joe Biden to get away from me. When he smelled her hair and gave her a big slow kiss on the head, gave her a big slow kiss on the back on the top of her head. At a campaign five years ago, here's what she says about Biden now. I've never said that I thought that he was a bad person. I think that for me, this and other positions that he's taken are problematic and and that he does not acknowledge that the, that the way in which he treats, or at least the way in which he's interacted with many women, because that was the reason why I decided to say something. I felt him get closer. He leaned in and was like right behind me on my body. And he leans down, smells my hair, and then plants this big, long kiss on the top of my head. Well, you know, remember the late 70s when they had when uh, they had this commercial on TV? Susie, I did not borrow your G. Your hair smells terrific shampoo, so Jimmy would notice how good my hair smells. Oh, no. I used it to get my hair really clean and shiny, like yours. And that's the only reason. The only reason. Gee, your hair smells terrific. Yeah, well, used to be women wanted their hair to smell terrific, so guys would, the guys would smell it and say nice things about them. 
Today it's creepy. When Amy Lapos was an aide for Congressman Jim Hines in 2009, Biden touched her face and rubbed his nose against hers at a fundraiser. It wasn't sexual, but he did grab me by my, by my head, she said. Here's more. He walked up to me and wrapped his hands around my face like that and pulled me in and started rubbing noses with me. Um, and it wasn't, you know, like an Eskimo kiss or, and then stop. It was for like a good 15 seconds. And I remember thinking, is he going to kiss me? It's not rape, but it doesn't need to be rape to not be right. You know what? We all know people that are touchy feely all the time. They're always hugging you. They're always coming up and give you a kiss on the cheek. And you know, uh, you know, it's people are, are like that. And some people, some people welcome that kind of, uh, that kind of affection. And some people are a little creepy about it. And, you know, for a politician, I don't really think, I don't really think it's a big deal. Uh, most of the time I would say if I was a politician and I was like that, I would, I would, in today's, in today's society, I'd say, Hey, let's make sure and keep it appropriate. And Joe Biden probably goes a little farther, but I, you know, Joe's, Joe's, how old is he? He's 78. He's 70. He's in his late seventies. He's who he is. You know, some people, you know, you might see, uh, watch the Godfather, watch the Godfather, watch, you know, I, I hate that stereotype, but you know, Italian people are all huggy like that. And it seems like, and, uh, you know, maybe some Jewish people too. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying, I, I think, uh, I, I think, I think the Italian people I know, they're, they're, they're like that. They're, Hey, come here. Give me a kiss. Give me a hug. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's a big deal like they're making it. I think he should. I think he should back off and be aware of of people's uh, people's uh, uh, feelings about it, and just hey, ease it off now. If you're going to run for president, ease it off, even if you're not. So anyway, by Tuesday, allegations of two or, of two more women were in New York Times. DJ Hill says it at a 2012 fundraiser in Minneapolis. Biden rested his hand on her shoulder and then started to move it down her back, making her very uncomfortable. Only he knows his intent, she said. I would say, hey. You know his intent. He put his hand on your back and he went down your back. Did he touch your butt or he didn't touch your butt? If he stopped there, then, hey, he was just being affectionate. Okay. In the same, in the same Times report, Caitlin Caruso said she was giving a talk about sexual assault at the University of Nevada in 2016. After her speech, the vice president hugged her a little bit too long and laid his hand on her thigh. Gross. So, you know what? He hugged her and put his hand. So he gave her a hug. Uh, and it went over the line as to how long he held on to it. Uh, does that mean it was three seconds or it was two and a half seconds or it was five seconds? You know, that's well, you know, thinking back, back to 2016, three years ago, uh, or, you know, and maybe sat down and he put his hand on her thigh. Hey, good to see you. You know, it may be, it may be nothing as far as I'm concerned. Sounds pretty creepy, but don't tell that to MSNBC and The View. Is this really where we want to go with Me Too? He's a nice guy. He's not a predator. And this is ridiculous. Let me just say it. This is ridiculous. You're eating those who can beat Trump. So I don't know that we will see any more smelling of hair and kisses well, on I'm the forehead. So, but, but and see, that, that pisses me off. Yeah. I'm telling you. Because, well, I don't want Joe to stop doing that. I don't either. You know? Yeah, me neither. I don't want him to stop it because it's 
just keeps him in the news when he does. But you know what? Think about it. Think about when they were signing the uh, Affordable Care Act and uh, and Joe Biden whispered into into uh, Obama's ears, not realizing there was a microphone that caught him and say, this is a big effing deal. Wasn't he standing behind uh, behind Obama and kind of stuck his face right up next to him and whispered in his ear? I don't really think Biden is making a sexual thing because I think he touches people like guys, too. Um, so by Thursday, allegations from three more women were in the Washington Post. Allie Cole at a 2008 reception. Biden squeezed her shoulders and held her for a long time. She does not look, at, look back on the incident fondly. Well, Sophie Karasek was photographed holding hands and touching foreheads with Biden at a 2016 oh at the 2016 Oscars what was Biden doing at the Oscars she was part she was part of Lady Gaga's performance for sexual assault survivors but I didn't th- I didn't think he was going to kiss me she said but it felt like if I met eyes it wasn't out of the question now that people constantly tell her it looks like he's about to kiss you in the photo she feels ashamed and angry at Biden well, you know what? People can say what people can say. In the same post report, a woman named Vail Yont said she was a young White House intern in 2013 when Biden put his hand on the back of his on the back of her head, pressed his forehead against hers, and called her a pretty girl. I was so shocked. It was so hard to focus on what he was saying, she said. Oh, boo-hoo. Anyway, I think it's a lot to do. I, it's, they're making such a big deal out of this, you can't not talk about it. So I had to put in my... My uh, my opinions. So Nancy Pelosi, does all this disqualify Joe Biden to run for president for a third time? I don't think it's disqualifying because I don't. I think it disqualifying is with what your intention is. I do think this about communication in general beyond this. I'm I'm a member of the straight arm club. I mean, I'm a straight armor. <laughs> I just pretend you have a cold and I have a cold. You know what? I, I I hate to agree with people on the what the view say or what Nancy Pelosi says, but you know what? I'm married to a classy lady, and and I just know how she handles herself. And I know that we have some friends that are touchy feely, and I always want to give her a hug and a kiss all the time. And I know she's probably not that comfortable with it, and she just handles it cool. So she she keeps so she keeps her distance without without being cold. And you know just. You know, there's there's a there's a way to handle it. Maybe we should have women uh, train in uh, uh, what do they call those charm schools? Having a having a little uh, you know deal deal with yourself as a woman uh, with a little confidence, and uh, maybe then you wouldn't be all creeped out by people. So it sounds like Joe Biden thinks uh, doesn't think this disqualifies him either, and he wants America to know that he gets it. Today, I want to talk about gestures of support and encouragement that I've made to women and some men that have made them uncomfortable. And I always try to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands. I hug people. I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And, and, uh, and whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. The social norms have begun to change. They've shifted. And the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. I hear what they're saying. You know what? Uh, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden, but I have to say, I have to say that I, 
I support I support his his position here. I don't really think it's I don't think it's a big deal. He should probably back off because that's the way the world is now. But I just don't think it's anything uh, anything crazy. He made a speech Friday morning uh, in front of the electric electricians union, and uh, and I clipped this one little piece out of it because I thought it was uh, if this guy's running for president, he needs to be more conscious about what he says. I want to say something to you all. Congratulations. And what I mean by that. Congratulations, because you guys are leading the union movement back. 19, 2017, Baltimore Gas and Electric, 1,418 new brothers and sisters. Biggest in 125 years. 2018, Atlanta Gas and Light, 700 new brothers and sisters. And that keeps going on. Look, we're coming back. You are coming back. We need you back. When I look out at this crowd, let me tell you what I see. I see my old neighborhood in Claymont and Scranton. I see the backbone, and no, this is not hyperbole. I see the backbone of the nation. I see people not only are smart, but people with physical courage to do the things your members have to do. Yeah, you know what? Uh, why do you think that is? Because the electricians union is is recruiting, they're doing a good job recruiting. It's like uh, they're going door to door and registering people as as electri- electricians. Um, or is it because of jobs? You know, hey, you guys are coming back. You got the the biggest increase in membership in 125 years. For what reason do we want to elect you, Biden? Because it sounds to me like the economy is is kicking butt and. Things are things are on the right, are going in the right on the right direction under under President Trump, and and I'm not going to give say hey, Trump created all those jobs. Trump did this. Trump created an environment where the free market works, and these guys are electricians, so they're working on houses and they're working on underground cables and they're working on whatever they do. But you know what? The economy the economy grows as big companies and entrepreneurs and investors put their money into making things happen, innovating, building, doing all that. And that creates jobs, which creates uh, more need for houses, more needs for products. And Trump brought that environment back to this country. And I give him, and I give him credit for it. And you know what? I know that Trump, if, if he ended up being, he starts making comments like that, Trump's going to say, why do you think that is? And he's going to take credit for it. And rightly so. Rightly so. So anyway, uh, just some things to think about, folks. You know, listen to this stuff and listen. You know what? Uh, um, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine that that we go to church with, and he was talking about uh, he watch. He's been watching me in church, and he says, "You know what? I list, I watch you listen to the sermon, and and you listen to every word, and you're and you're concentrating on what's being said, and you're thinking about it." And you and I say, "You know what?" That's how I listen to the sermons. That's how I watch movies because every little thing means something. Every little comment, every little sentence has been has been orchestrated, every little movement, and there's a reason for every little thing. I'm assuming that the pastor practices that 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 sermon and he knows he wants to tell these stories and these stories aren't may may pop in, but there's certain things he wants in there and there's a reason for that. And I listen and I concentrate and I do that when I go to the movies. And, uh, and so I, why I'm popping in movie clips all the time is, uh, because this stuff, you know, somebody spent a whole bunch of time making sure that was there because they wanted you to, to notice it. That's why you watch, watch a movie one time, one time you go, wow, that was a great movie. 
you know what? There's probably a, a whole another movie you didn't even see because you can't see it all at one time. You know, you're thinking about one scene as the next scene's going on. And so I, I give you these things to, con- hey, I watch this stuff. It makes me think. I'm going to point them out to you so you can think. And hopefully uh, in the process, hey, you don't have to believe believe have the same opinion I have. But you listen to them, maybe you don't hear it. I'm, I'm pointing out the stuff that, that I hear. And so you can think about it. You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this country, and and I don't, I don't, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that's going on. And for the sake, for the sake of you know where we're where we're going, where we're going uh, spiritually, sexually, all the all the stuff that's going on in this country. And there's a lot of it I don't I don't agree with. There's a lot of the stuff economically that I that I agree with. Um, and I and I and I do this show because I'm concerned about the world my grandkids are going to be be in. You know what? I have the my kids will be here 20 or 30 years longer than I will be, and they're going to get hurt by this. But who's really going to get hurt is our grandkids. Are you know I have a, a seven year old and a five year old, seven year old granddaughter and a five year old grandson. And what kind of world are we leaving for them? What kind of country are we leaving for them? We need to turn this around. I'm going to talk about more of what's more of what's going on. Uh, but right now we're going to go for uh, five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and, tra- and uh, sports. And I'll be right back with more of this. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about real estate or financing on the radio because uh, not on this show anyway. Although, because uh, I think if you're not in the market, it just isn't that interesting to talk to. But until when you're actually ready for it, and then you say, hey, I want to talk to somebody I trust, somebody that I think uh, thinks like me and will deal with me straight. Um, so if you're in the market to, to buy a new house, to live in, buy a new investment property, buy a vacation home, refinance one of the properties that you have, or check out that uh, reverse mortgage thing that everybody's talking about for uh, people above uh, older than 62 then uh, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. So uh, we're talking about uh, Uncle Joe Biden and uh, and his stuff in the first in the first half. And, uh, and then we got to, uh, I think we finished that one up. Let's talk about the border crisis this week. It's at a new high. Remember when Customs and Border Protection reported that 76,000 migrants were detained in February, the highest number of apprehensions in 12 years. It appears when the counting gets done that they may be reporting over 100,000 in March. Uh, this is this is as Mexico announces they'll start issuing humanitarian visas on a limited basis to some of the 2,500 migrants gathered at the southern state of Chiapas, which I assume is the state that is the southern border of Mexico. They started handing those visas out on Monday. President Trump, who declared a national emergency on our southern border in February, uh, that Democrats are still mocking, is now threatening to close the border if Congress doesn't act and Mexico does nothing to stop the flow of Central American migrants passing through their country. Mexico is now stopping people coming, very easy for them to do, stopping people coming in through Mexico. Let's see if they keep it done, if if they keep doing that. Now, if they don't, or if we don't make a deal with Congress, the border is going to be closed. 
100 percent. And that has to be changed. And it can be changed in 45 minutes. So he says that Mexico is stopping people. So if Mexico is stopping people, we're still getting 100,000, 100,000 uh, uh, people coming over the border in a month. Um, what does that mean? Those are all Mexicans. They're not Hondurans and Guatemalans and El Salvadorians. They're all Mexicans. I don't know. I don't know what the detail is, but we do know do know some uh, some more stuff, which I'll point out right now. Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen said this week that the border is is a disaster akin to a Category Five hurricane. And you know what the Democrats would be saying if it was a Category 5 hurricane? We have to send the federal government. We need aid. We need to take care of these people. So this one just doesn't look like a, like Mother Nature. So they're, they, they are denying it. So Democrats won't listen to her, but maybe they would listen to Obama's own Homeland Security Secretary, Jay Johnson. By anyone's definition, by any measure, right now we have a crisis at our southern border. Uh, according to the commissioner of CBP, there were 4,000 apprehensions in one day alone this past week, and we're on pace for 100,000 apprehensions on our southern border this month. That is by far a greater number than anything I saw on my watch in my three years as Secretary of Homeland Security. And think about think about it. You got you know most Americans are 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 uh insulated from this. Okay. Hey, it might be happening at the border, but it's not happening it's not happening to me. You know, if we don't stop this, if we do what the Democrats want, what Gavin Newsom wants, leave the borders open, tear down the walls, what uh Beto O'Rourke says, hey, I'm gonna tear down the walls if I'm president. Tear them down. Hey, you know what? Those people are gonna keep coming up and you know when you know, a hundred thousand this month, a hundred thousand next month, two hundred thousand the next month, and at some point you got a bunch of people that don't have any place to stay, that are looking for stuff, that are coming into your neighborhood and uh, bothering you at the, at the at the grocery stores and at the gas pump, and maybe uh, when you're not at home, they're they're uh, they're creeping around your house and looking in your windows and figuring out how they can get in and take some of your stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a, being a. Maybe I'm being uh, maybe I'm exaggerating it a little bit too much, but this is real. Don't wait till it gets to that before we do something about it. Uh, and contrary to what CBS News reported last week, coyotes who smuggle people to the border are not angels trying to help anyone. Listen to what Nielsen said about the border that says the border patrol is dealing with when it comes to coyotes. The smugglers are more active than ever before at advertising how to come into this country with a child. Uh, We've broken up so-called child recycling rings, if you can believe it, in the last uh, couple months, which is where smugglers uh, kidnap a child. They give it to an adult uh, to cross the border, present themselves as a family. Uh, Once they get in, uh, because as you know, we can only hold families for 20 days, they send the child back and bring the child back with another family, another fake family, another adult. Yep, and here's another thing coyotes are doing, telling people they'll only be allowed to stay here if they bring their kids. How do we know that? This migrant from Honduras told Chris Cuomo on CNN. Why did he take his kid with him to come here if it's just to work? Why did he take his kid with him to come here if it's just to work? 
eso está que si uno viene con un menor, a uno le dan permiso. Si no, yo hubiera ido para Honduras. Si hubiera estado tres, cuatro meses preso, yo hubiera ido para Honduras. Es lo que you and I were talking about. He says that if he comes here with his son, then he's allowed to stay. Y quiero, he thinks, otherwise, quiero, he thinks he's allowed to he stay. Yeah, so now if CNN Chris Cuomo is hearing that firsthand, he's hearing it from one of the guys that, that came over. Does that make it real then? It's not a manufactured crisis. And, uh, and, you know, and if they're being told that, that means they're mocking our laws. They're saying, hey, <laughs> this is the rules in the United States. You want to get in there? Just bring one of your kids with you. Oh, you don't have a kid? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll rent you one. We'll rent you one. We kidnapped this one from somebody else. We'll let you borrow it till you get over. And then when they release you, we're going to take that kid back up and loan, it, loan that kid to somebody else. And, uh, you know, this stuff is happening, folks. It's not it's not real till it gets to your door but I'm I'm anxious to hear how the how the conversation changes now that Chris, uh, Chris Cuomo has has actually heard it. You know, one and one of the things they're talking about, one of the things they're talking about as, as Trump says says, "Hey, you know what? If if they don't stop this, I'm just going to close the whole southern border so no one comes in and no one goes out." And you know, that's going to be a bummer for a lot of people that go back and forth. Um but here's here's another thing they're talking about. And at least one uh, California grower says a shutdown of the U.S.-Mexico border could bring an avocado shortage. The CEO of Mission Produce, the world's largest avocado grower, told Reuters that if the border is shut down, the U.S. would run out of avocados in about three weeks. He says Mexico supplies nearly all of our avocados this time of year. Forbes points out that you may still be able to find the green fruit in stores. We also get avocados from Florida and Peru. And the California crop is just starting to show up in stores and will pick up over the summer. What? No guac? What's the deal? Hey, you know what? Let's, uh, let's key in on what this guy said. The California growers are starting to put their crop in about this time of year. All of it comes from Mexico. This time of year, but then the California crop is going to start showing up. I talked about this one time uh, when we were talking about the North American Free Trade Trade Agreement. So I, I met some people that have about 300 acres in Temecula, and they grow avocados and various other other uh, other fruit uh, out there. And uh, and they said, you know how the North American Free Trade Agreement works is that. Um, the California growers can't harvest their, it's not a question of their avocados aren't ripe until, till April. It's a matter of they can't sell against, against Mexico because they don't have any laws about their pesticides or picking up uh, avocados that fall on the ground or this or that. They don't have any, they don't have all that, all that regulation. So they can sell their avocados much cheaper. So as long as they're competing against Mexico, they have to they have to leave their 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 uh, avocados. I don't know if that's a fruit or a vegetable. Seems like a vegetable because it's not sweet, but I think it might be a fruit. But I don't know. Uh, so as long as 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 long as Mexico hasn't run out, they can't compete. So they leave their avocados on on the tree. And during that time, if they get ripe and fall on the ground, they can't sell those because that's against the rules in California. So you know, hey, it fell on the ground. There's nothing wrong with it because that skin around it doesn't get eaten anyway. So if it got a little dirt on the skin, rinse it before you cut it open. But but realize that because of that, the California growers can't start harvesting until April because that's about the time of the year when Mexico runs out of their crop. 
So, uh, I don't know. Is this going to be a big crisis? I think we'd be just fine. I think we'd be just fine. And the California growers will probably be happy. You know, and if, if you're not sure, well, Temecula, Fallbrook, uh, Escondido, there's avocado f- uh, fields everywhere. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to grow an avocado tree in my backyard because I'm saying, Hey, I love avocados. How come I don't have a tree in my backyard? Because we got a grocery store down the street. Okay, so let's let's go on. Okay, uh, Demo- the Democrats are demanding a full Mueller report. One week after Attorney General uh, Bill Barr's summary of the Mueller report was released, absolving the president of all criminal wrongdoing or collusion with Russia to win the election, Democrats have moved on to demanding the full 400-page report be released. Leading the charge is Jerry Nadler, the next Democrat who loves to hear himself talk. Uh, he's from New York. He's chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Nadler's demanding immediate release of the full report and counteracting him is Republican Mark Meadows, who reminds us that, number one, Nadler said something very different in the 90s when the president was being investigated was Bill Clinton. Uh, and two, he said something very different in this case when he thought Mueller's, Mueller's full report might benefit Trump rather than incriminate him. When we were opposing release of some of that material 20 years ago, it was released to the public we were opposing. The committee must see everything, as was done in every prior instance. It's interesting that we hear Chairman Nadler making that argument before the cameras, because when he was in a room with me, he made exactly the opposite argument. He says, oh, we can't release grand jury information. When it stood to benefit the President of the United States, he took a totally opposite effect. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing what people say in front of the cameras and what they do. Uh, what's interesting is uh, what movie was that Dinesh D'Souza did? Was it uh, Hillary's America where they talked the history of the Democrat Party? And find out about how, how, the, uh, how the Democrats changed their tune as to how they campaign versus how they, how they govern. Uh, that happened around uh, 1964 uh, and how Lyndon Johnson... Uh, uh, made the Lyndon Johnson and running for re-election after he became president for the first term to that he was finishing up uh, Kennedy's term after he was assassinated. Interesting little thing there I saw in a movie that uh, Hillary's America, even if you're a Democrat, you should watch it because it's, it's eye-opening. You say, oh, wow, I never thought, oh, wow, oh, wow. You know what? Watch with watch with your brain turned on. And, of course, Nancy Pelosi has to chime in on this. Well, the people, American people deserve and want the truth. Overwhelmingly, you see that. Whatever the truth may, let the chips fall where they may. Let's show us the truth. He's saying now maybe the middle of April, it keeps, it keeps getting a little closer. But there will be a release of the Mueller report. I think uh, Nancy Pelosi is trying to... Uh to uh, posture herself to not be so wacko as her party becomes farther and farther off, you know, hanging off the cliff there. Uh, I think she's trying, I think she's consciously trying to, to dial it down. And I haven't heard from Chuck. I haven't seen Chuck Schumer in in front of the mic lately since the Mueller report came out. I haven't really seen him in there uh, opening his mouth. Maybe he went on vacation. I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe he's just been on two week vacation. Or maybe he doesn't like the taste of crow. And uh, what does Trump say about all this stuff? Anything we give them will never be enough. What about the fact? We could give them, it's a 400 page report, right? We could give them 800 pages and it wouldn't be enough. No, I agree. And uh, I heard uh, Friday morning, 
that the Democrats are are demanding. Um, was it Friday morning? Was it? They were talking about something. The Democrats are demanding that Donald Trump give them six years of taxes. And you know what I say? I say, hey, you know what? Your 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 uh, your personal income taxes are between you and the IRS. I don't think I don't think we have a right if he want if he wants to disclose it as part of his financial disclosure. And I know a lot of presidential candidates. Uh, typically do if he doesn't want to because of the complexity of his financials um i don't blame him and i don't and i'm and i'm fine with that i don't think it, you know whatever whatever uh, trump makes is his it's not mine anyway so why do i care and how much he pays in taxes is between him his cpa and the irs and and i'm sure he gets audited quite often um because of the complexity and i'm sure that i'm sure that Based on what we see with the deep state and the, you know, they're, they'd like to find him and they'd like to find something wrong. I'm sure Trump goes through, uh, his, goes through his share of, uh, being under the microscope by the, by the, uh, Internal Revenue Service. And quite frankly, you know what? What really, what really makes me more mad than people saving money on their taxes that should pay their share? What, what bothers me more are the people that I see that, are small business people or not so small business people um, that are at a point where they just cheat. They just don't, they just, Hey, I'm filing it this way, which I know I'm not supposed to, but I save money on my taxes by, by reporting my income over here instead of over there. Okay. Um, I don't want to show this because of this, you know, and it's, it's not a little problem. It's a big problem. And then I say, Hey, well, you know what? Your tax guy needs to justify his, his existence by getting you a big, big refund. But by saving you 500 or a thousand or four or $5,000, you gave up your opportunity to, to, uh, uh, qualify for a loan. So, and especially for people that are investors that, that, that qualify that, uh, finance regularly. I talked to one today. I say, you know what? You're worried about $8,000. But you realize that you by by filing your taxes this way, you pay eight thousand dollars more. You could make another one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in profit because now you've got access to bank bank loans. Don't be tied up and don't be stepping over the dollars to pick up the pennies. Don't lose one hundred fifty thousand because you're trying to save eight thousand dollars in in taxes. Now look at the big picture. Look at the big picture and hey, well you want to get some uh, some some uh, government guaranteed uh, loans or some bank bank you know government sponsored entities loans but you don't want to show the government what you make well you know you if you don't report it you can't and especially for self-employed people the, especially for self-employed people um we don't have any the only way we can document what you make is what you report on your taxes so that's the only way it is and you know the 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 thought process is you wouldn't pay taxes on it if it wasn't real because why would you um so hence there but you know what the, the other thing that 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 uh bothers me is the people that stand on the freeway on ramps freeway off ramps and say uh homeless hungry please help and i don't know if they're homeless or hungry um some of them look like they've had a fresh shower and clean clothes on uh but you know they have a dirty uh, little piece of cardboard with the sign on it and uh, and sometimes they keep a couple bags of stuff with them, so it looks like they're living at the freeway off ramp. But you know those guys are collecting two, three hundred dollars a day. I don't know how they can't because you can see every time a group of cars, somebody gives them 
$2 or $5 or you get it every, every time, every time, Hey, here's a group of people waiting at the light. They collect a few dollars and then and there's another group in five minutes. So let's see every five minutes, that's 20 groups of car every hour. If they got $2 from every group, that's 40 bucks an hour. And you know how much they pay in taxes? None. And you know what? Think about think about if you have a job that makes forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and you have to pay, you know, twenty five percent of that in taxes. These people make twice as much as you, and they don't pay any taxes. What's the solution, Ed? Consumption tax, national sales tax. Get rid of the IRS. Nobody has to report anything. Nobody has to report anything. Just when you buy something, you pay you pay tax. Nobody has to pay. Nobody gets to pay zero. Nobody has to pay fifty percent. So that's my, that's my, uh, that's my solution. Uh, so anyway, let's go on. Um, so, uh, they might be, the, these people might be fresh new faces, but, uh, for Congress, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez AOC and Elon Omar are provided, are proving that it's possible to enter politics with plenty of corruption under your belt. So AOC has been hit with her second federal election commission complaint. This one alleging that, alleging that she and her campaign manager operated a subsidy scheme that violated campaign finance laws. The complaint accuses Ocasio-Cortez and her campaign manager, Saikat Chakrabarty, of overseeing a shadowy web of political action committees that allowed them to raise more cash than they could legally. If you've ever been to a political fundraiser, hey, you got to fill out all these forms, and you're only allowed to, to, to write a check for this much. You can't go over that. You can go under it, but you have to fill out everything. So if you write a bunch of $500 checks, doesn't go over $2,700 per election. So, uh, so every, there's, people are, are obeying the laws, and then there's some people that aren't obeying the laws. So uh, it also alleged an LLC was created, which is a limited liability company, was created to avoid federal expenditure requirements by offering AOC and other Democratic candidates political consulting services at a price so low that the company apparently shut down before the election was over. Um, the complaint named Ocasio-Cortez, Chakrabarty, now her chief of staff, and three political action committees that serviced her cam- campaign. The first one was Justice Democrats PAC, the Brand New Congress PAC, and Brand New Congress. So you got... Brand New Congress LLC and the Brand New Congress PAC and plus the Justice Democrats PAC. Uh, Oh, and AOC was in charge of her campaign while simultaneously serving as a board member of the Justice Democrats PAC. All this two months after a separate lawsuit alleged her campaign laundered 6000 through one of the PACs to pay Riley Roberts, AOC's boyfriend. Ah, uh, nothing to see here, right? Uh, so anyway, meanwhile, AOC shared more of her poignant, well-informed thoughts on the economy this week. We have runaway income inequality. We are at one of our most unequal points, uh, economically speaking, in American history. We are dealing with a crisis of, of how our economy is even made up. Our economy is increasingly financialized, which means we are making profits off of interest, off of leasing your phone, off of doing all of these things, but we aren't producing and we aren't innovating, innovating in the way that we need to as an economy. Okay, well, you know what? Uh, that was on Tucker Carlson and uh, Brooke, who helps me uh, – do my show. She says, you realize that Tucker agreed with her. And they said, well, Tucker's just not as smart as I am on certain subjects. And, uh, and let me point some out. Hey, we don't make a profit on leasing phones. We don't make a profit. We don't make a profit on interest. Banks do, but realize people won't lease a phone. You know, no one's going to go lease a new iPhone unless 
unless we're being innovative and Apple's creating new phones that people want to trade up to. And as long as they're as long as they're doing that, hey, well, you know what? I don't have the cash to pay it. Okay, we're going to lease it to you then. To to there those are financial tools designed to help you buy stuff. Okay? Um if you think about uh, hey, the interest on credit. Credit enables the economy to move. Well, you know what? In the old days, you had to come up with, if you didn't have cash to buy a house, then you didn't buy a house. And if you're, uh, and if, so therefore, since nobody has any money in savings, typically, if you're not buying a house for about uh, 25000 or less, you're probably not ever going to have one. And then they started doing loans worth 20% down, 20% down, and people would finance or carry the paper, and uh, which enabled more people to afford a house. The value of our houses went up. Prices went up by the free market. Okay, financing becoming available made them go up. And then when it became 0% down, 0% down, and zero qualifications, you saw the price of the houses go way up because financing made it so easy, didn't have to make sense. So anyway, if we weren't innovating, there would be no need for financial tools. And uh, this is what helps the economy grow, is that kind of stuff. These are tools by which to make the economy work. That's not, we're not making profit on it. As for Elon Omar, she's not just anti-Semitic. She's a violator of, of campaign finance laws too. The complaints against her in Minnesota alleges that during her time as state lawmaker, Omar used campaign money to pay for her divorce attorney and personal travel. Minnesota State Representative Steve Jaskowski, a Republican, alleged Omar spent 6000 in campaign money on her divorce attorney and trips to Estonia and Boston. While Minnesota Campaign Finance Board was alerted, she had to repay 2500 of money she accepted for speeches from state-funded colleges. Uh, here's more from uh, James Ro- uh, Rosen's report. She's repeatedly um, trampled on the laws of the state in a variety of, of, of areas and gotten by with it. Dreskowski claims Omar, a Muslim immigrant from Somalia, deflects tough questions by ascribing racism to her critics. There's a political fear that people have of being uh, called a name, being called a bigot, being called uh, racist, being called uh, Islamophobic. During a radio debate with Zelensky last October, Omar indeed called Draskowski a bigot, even as she hesitated to deny the campaign finance allegations outright. Did you use any funds, uh, campaign funds, improperly for any travel that wasn't directly related to your campaign? If there was um, an an improper action, I would not have used it. Yep, she sounds clear to me. Sounds like there's no problem there. So anyway, these are some more things to stimulate some thought, folks. You know, the trick to the trick to making it through this life is use your brain, think, make decisions. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. Expressed on this program are Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747, NMLS 9873, and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 0937346. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.